0: All right. So today's title for the message is what opinions are you of? What opinions are you of? What are the kind of opinions you're carrying about? Several things which includes even God in our life, right? So the life that we all live, we certainly are being taught to validate everything that we are in our day-to-day life through the word of God, right? That is the whole purpose why the word of God is coming to each one of us. So when the word is coming to us, we all have to really validate and see where we are standing rather than showing stubbornness or rather than getting confused with the knowledge that we all possess or rather making ourselves comfortable saying that this is not for me, right? So what the word has always taught to each one of us is, examine yourself. Rather than raising questions and falling into confusions, you you question, examine your own self and validate yourself. Nobody is saying you are wrong, neither is the word saying you are right. So where are we standing? And the pathway that we are standing, is it the path that God has defined for us? Or have we chosen each of our paths according to our own understanding? That's the whole purpose of this word that's coming to us. So today, when we are carefully going to examine, while we ask the question, how important money is in our life? We we all love to say that money is the least priority in our life. Good. If it is so, then it is a good answer. If you say it is important, even then it is a good answer. But let's see the way we value things in our life and how much of that value we are giving to the creator, creator of this very thing called as money, which is a useful thing in our day to day life. But the way we humans have started believing and playing around according to the way money wants us to play right so let's go to the first point so today it's all going to be questions in our point so first point is do you have two opinions first point is do you have two opinions let's go to matthew 6th chapter 24th verse
1: Matthew 6, 34. 24.
0: Oh, so,
1: 34? 24, so, 24. Oh, okay. 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will, be, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money.
0: Yes, it says no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Right now, when you carefully examine this one verse and check with our lives, right, let's start validating our lives. The importance that we give to money. Are we giving the same kind of importance to God? All of us will say, no, no, God is important. We give importance to God. Good. Let your answer be there. Now I will ask you a few questions. If we have to spend $10, do we not take time to think whether this is a worthy spend or not? Can I make better use of this $10? If I have to go and buy something, I validate about this product. Like for example, if I have to buy a laptop, I am checking hundred deals. I spend hours together, validating where I will get a good deal, how much money I'm going to save. I might save $10 from Costco to Best Buy, but I will validate the number of dollars I'm saving, right? When I'm working and the job that I've taken up, if that job isn't paying me good, that's another place where we get upset we, we we really want more money to be paid when you're working so hard so there is always that money factor that is actually where our focus point has been right from a child to an adult isn't isn't this true am I not saying the truth do you all agree with that right? We are careful in spending money. We are careful about how we use the money. We are careful about where we are wasting money versus how much we are able to save. We are careful about our senior age that we come into where we need some financial support. Good. It's not wrong. I'm not saying all this is wrong. This is where my thought was provoked this morning that when the this money which is perishable if i am thinking so much about it about the way it is going i am being i'm using that money every single dollar that i'm spending every single penny that i'm spending if i am so careful about it how about the non perishable things which belong to god that god is giving before we Commit a sin, are we being careful? Are we thinking so much? Whether is this thought that I am getting in my head, is it right in the sight of God or not? If I have to spend $10, I think. But when I have to spend my eternal life away, am I thinking about God? So when my brain is so very controlled about every dollar that I'm spending, Why is my heart not able to control me when I am wasting this salvation, this life that he has brought with his blood? When he died on the cross, even till today when he is repeatedly being put to death, by the way, we keep thinking negatively in our head. By the way, we keep talking negatively. By the way, we behave in a negative manner, which is not godly. When we are doing all this, why are we not able to question, think so much when we are not giving importance to money in our life? That's my very simple, straightforward question to all of you. Please examine. Let's examine. Have I really considered... The worth that I give for this money in my life, the materialistic things I give value for in my life, am I giving the same value to that instruction that God is giving me to be holy and pure? When I'm behaving in a manner which is not according to the word of God, am I able to validate if I'm losing my holiness? And Stop myself from behaving like that. That means you are giving importance to God over money. Right? If if I'm able to stop getting angry, completely throw away anger from my life and say that, no, I will not allow this useless commodity to exist in my life because God has given me an instruction That means my value that I give for God is more than the value that I give for money. What we all fail to understand is when we give so much of importance for money and we say that we need this, if we have to survive in this world, what we are failing to understand is it's God who needs to be even more existing in our life than money. And all the human beings, check. let's check ourselves, we actually fall into disobedience because of this one factor. This one factor is controlling us so much that we ourselves don't understand that it's money that is dragging me into sin. Because money makes you feel that you're secure human being, human mind, money makes you feel you're secure. Your financial position makes you feel you're secure. But what we lack to understand is, it's just not that what's even more important than money is God. We obey money so easily, but we forget to show obedience to the one who is giving us that wealth. The pride inside us is another wealth that we live with. The pride inside us keeps telling us how good we are, what better, how better we are when compared to another person, how we ourselves know everything when compared to others. So whatever belongs to this world is actually deceiving us And we don't realize this. While all this money, pride, ego is being supplied by the devil, we dance to that very easily. It's to to its tunes. But when it comes to God, we kind of give him the last place. We question anything that comes from God, but we don't question anything that comes from this world. We question anything that is the truth, but when it it is a lie, because it is comforting us, we don't question that. It's easy to follow what is worldly, but it becomes very difficult for us to follow what is godly. Which means the sin in this world, the devil in this world, has conquered our hearts so much that's why in Jeremiah 17, 9. Let's read Jeremiah seventeen nine. <clears throat> Jeremiah
1: 17, verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is?
0: Yes. The human heart is most deceitful of all things. And what if a person is listening to his heart? A lot of people say, I am listening to my heart. My heart says that this is what is right. But sir, your heart is deceiving is what the word of God is saying. So how come you're believing your heart? Because you're in deception. Because the heart, your heart will show you what you want it to show. It will not show you the truth. But when this heart is in control of God and the power of God, it will show you what is bad inside you. It will make sure that it is getting cleansed every single day, every single moment of your life when you give the control of this heart into God's hands and not your hands. So unfortunately, because this heart is so, so, so deceiving, what it makes each one of us believe is the quality and standard of living is measured only with money and status and education. You get educated only to get a good job, but you don't get spiritually educated Because you don't understand the worth of being in the spirit at all times. That's why even when when it comes to children, when it comes to the way parents, you know, bring up children, they talk about education, they talk about values, they talk about not wasting money. But are you really coaching, mentoring your child to incline towards God? and obey God, discipline children according to the word of God. Have we ever done this kind of parenting is my question. Our way of life should be first God. We all say God is our priority. Believe me, every one of us, go and ask anybody in the world, whoever says God and believes God, they all will say, yes, God is important, but they are deceiving themselves because they give so much of importance to money and status, but they never recognize that the value that they're giving to everything else, when compared to the value that they give to God is very less. That's why my question is, if you have two masters in your life, whom will you really love? You can only love one. Now go back to Ma- Matthew 6:24. It says you will devote, you will be devoted to one. You cannot be devoted to two. You cannot. It says clearly. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. No, 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 no. I give value to God and money. It doesn't work like that. Because a person who gives value to God money will follow that person. This person won't run behind money. This person won't run behind making his life, working hard, working hard to earn money. And people who work hard and hard and hard, who are so busy in their life that Mm -hmm. they don't have time for word of God. They don't have time for God. Check, are you really leading a happy life? Is there peace in your life? Is there joy and happiness? Is there fearlessness in your heart? Is there no anxiety in you? Is there that attitude of God is with me? I will face anything kind of attitude in your life. When you serve money, not God, but money. When you serve things of the world, when you serve people, when you serve your own desires, when you serve your own pride, ego, when you serve what you want, when you serve your own comforts, that means you are being devoted to your selfish desire. And you cannot serve both God and yourself because the word of God says, Anything that is more than God, anything that you love more than God is an idol for you. So when we have, when we love or when we give priority to our sorrows, our disappointments, our desperate uh, achievement motives in our life, when we are struggling and running hard for that, what we are failing to understand is we need him to achieve this. We need him to help us to achieve this with happiness, joy, and peace of mind. Without God, we may achieve this, but you will be stressed. There will be anxiety. You will have sleepless nights. You would have lost so many relationships. You would have pushed yourself into a state where you have everything, but you're all alone. You would have lost so much by the time you would have achieved this without god with god you would achieve this and have happiness peace and joy that is what he's saying in matthew 624 when you despise god everything else that you achieve will not give you that peace joy and happiness which will come only from god you cannot serve god and be enslaved to money that money, that word can be replaced with all the desires of the world. All your depressive thoughts, all your sadness, your hurt, your bitterness. So you, when we are enslaved to our depression, it will only make us see everything negative around us. If we are enslaved to self-pity, it will always make us feel you are right in the way you are thinking everybody else around you is wrong if you have self righteous nature in you you feel everybody is wrong except you and you know everything the biggest biggest backbone for self righteousness is pride when you are, have pride in you you will think that you are a master of your own So you will be a slave to your own flesh desire. Your own thoughts will start controlling you. Your own own thoughts will start leading you. Hence, we have to validate among all these points, where are we standing? We have to be clear, examine. It's good if we find that, yes, I have. Haven't been in all of these, it's it's truly a blessing that I'm getting this kind of rebuke and teachings from the Lord because apart from Him, no one can help me. Hence, we have to thank God to who is helping us to open our eyes and see where we are lacking in coming closer to Him. One question now. Do you really love God now? Do you really love God? Or is that love for money dominating me from loving God? We all want to love God, but we are failing in the way we are actually loving him. We are failing in understanding our love for him. Because the devil wants us to believe that we love God. But God knows whom we love. What is our love? That's why he wants to fix our love that we have in him for him today saying listen my children I know you love me but you are unable to understand that your thinking where you're saying you love me isn't right so I want you to come into a right understanding of what it means to love God so the second point we will see is do you love God or do you love everything else apart from God second point is do you love god do you love god or do you love everything else apart from god okay let's read mark 12 chapter 30th verse 30 mark 12 verse 30
1: And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength.
0: Mm. And you must love your God with all your heart. Now, what did we say the heart is? In Jeremiah 17.9, it is extremely deceiving. So with my heart, if I have to love God... For sure, since it is filled with deception, it will tell me I love God, but I will do things that I want to do. So here he is saying, love your God with all your heart. Now, when he is saying all your heart, we have to remember that I can love God only if I understand the meaning of love in the sight of God never forget this, meaning of love in the sight of God. According to him, what is love? You know, the love of God is when he was being hit, when he was being spat upon, when somebody spit on God, what he saw was before he could wipe that spit on his face, he saw my life behind it. He saw your life behind it. When he was being insulted and humiliated, before he could react, he saw that he's doing this for me and for you. And he took it. That's the meaning of love. That's the meaning of love that God is explaining to all of us. Do we love God in that manner? If there is a good situation in our life, we are all happy. We are saying, thank you, Lord. But if there is a situation in our life, we immediately start crying and we don't even realize that our sadness is actually displaying how much we believe in God. If a person truly understands God, if a person truly understands the love of God, That person will never feel sad, never fall into sorrow and depression based on the situations in his or her life. Be it sickness, be it financial situation, be it relationship crisis, be any kind of job-related issues, any kind of education-related issues, anything, this person who truly understands God and his heart will stand still And have a smile and say, Lord, if this situation has come upon me, I have to examine my life. Examine my walk. Have I gone away from you that I've fallen into this situation? Have I disobeyed you that I have fallen into this situation? Have I walked away from you that I've started seeing what the enemy has planned for me? Or is it your test of faith? for me. Whatever it is, Lord, I need wisdom to understand what is this situation doing in my life today? Has it come to teach me and give me experiential knowledge so that I can grow in gaining your wisdom? There is only positive way of thinking. For this person who truly understands God, who truly knows the love of God, he will only remember that blood that was shed upon the cross, that torture and the insults and humiliations that were given to him, behind which it was my life and your life. And he will remember that I, my life, the life that I'm living today, with my family, with my children, with whatever I have, whatever I possess, every single minute is because he has purchased it, given a ransom for it. He has purchased with his precious blood. That's why he says, you are not your own. You are being, you are purchased with my blood. That's the reason, that's, that's the love of God. So when I know that so much has gone behind me and is still going behind me, even still today, why would he let terrible situations come into my life? Why would I have sorrow in my life? Why would there be sickness and sadness in my life? Let me validate Rather than getting upset, getting low, getting feeling helpless, getting depressed, think about the way God loved, loves each one of us. He probably wants me to realize my sins and repent and come back to him. That's why I, I'm probably in this kind of situation. He's not the one who's pushed me into it, but it is me who walked away from him and I've fallen into the trap of the devil. Because I am the one who took my own decisions, who said, this is okay for me to go and fulfill my desire, where I fail to understand that my desire that comes from this flesh will be used by the devil and the devil is going to tempt me and drag me to destruction and sin. We don't realize this. We walk away from God and we are happy because the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten steps, everything is going according to the way we planned. The eleventh step, there is a big pit, and we fall into it. And then we have a very good dialogue that comes out of our mouth saying, "God is there for me." He will take care of everything. How will God be there for you when you took your own decisions? You chose your path, which was totally away from what God had planned for you. And you continue to walk despite several warnings that came to you. And you continued to walk despite several reminders, sending so many times his prophets to warn you, remind you to turn back. You never paid attention. You continue to walk and you fell down. And there when you're falling, you're saying God is with you. That's why Jeremiah 17.9 says, your heart is extremely deceiving. It will make you believe that God is there with you because your heart is already in the control of the world, which is the devil. Hence, we all have to examine Mark 12.30 is saying, check your heart. Is the heart dedicated to just loving God? Or is it dedicated to loving your job? Loving your sleep? Loving your probably husband, wife, children, family, mother, father, sisters, brothers, friends? Where is the love of God then? hidden in so many things that are running in your heart. He wants all our heart to love him, all our heart to love God. When we have this wholehearted love for God, he will bless us with abundant family, abundant riches, abundant free flow of wealth, honor, everything will follow. But, It's a test for us. Are we holding up him in our heart or we are pushing him out as soon as we see everything else is fine in our life? So we slowly bring everything else into our heart and push God out of our heart. Are we not doing this? We say priority is God, but how much time do we give for him to speak to each one of us? Do we really sit down quietly, without our phones, without engaging ourselves with any others, just sit down and listen to him speaking. How much time are we giving like that to God? We only remember God when we are in trouble. We remember God thinking we are thanking him when we have some breakthroughs. But truly, is our heart completely filled with him is my question. He says, all your soul, your soul inside of you should control your desire. When you're getting angry on someone, your soul should give you the peace. Your soul should remind you that you are not of your own. You have to remember God. This is going to spoil your testimony. Keep quiet. Wisdom. When you hear the word of God, it should fill in your heart, clean your heart. And when you have this knowledge of God in your heart, when you see a situation, if something is stopping you, that's your soul, which is making you act upon what you're learning. That is with all your soul, you will love God. And it says all your mind, this mind is where your understanding sits. Your understanding about the word of God will always make you implement the word of God according to your convenience. It will make you manipulate the word according to your convenience wherever you want to use the word, you will use according to your convenience. Wherever you don't want to even look at the word, you will push it away saying, oh, this is Old Testament. Oh, this is something that is wrongly printed. Oh, this is something else. That is something else. This is how you push away things when you don't want to take it. But when you want to take it, you will search from Old Testament and take it. You will say, Sam's Everything that is there as a blessing in Psalms is applicable to you, but same thing when it comes as a rebuke and punishment from Zechariah 7-8, you'll say, no, no, this is Old Testament. That means your understanding will only make you manipulate the word of God according to your comfort. But if this mind is in the control of the Holy Spirit God, if this mind is in the control of the word that you're listening, the knowledge and wisdom you're gaining, then you will have the understanding of God. That's where you will start understanding every scripture with the knowledge, wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit and not of our own. That's how when we are Completely in the control of the Holy Spirit, God, uh, control of the true knowledge and wisdom of God, you know what we will get? We will gain the strength. Strength to stand up. Strength, when a situation comes, it is that strength which helps us to say, wait. It is that strength which will tell us, stop. It will say, stand still, stay calm. It will say, you are the daughter of the Lion of Judah. Stay quiet. That is the strength. The strength will come when you have the right knowledge, wisdom and understanding. With all this in me, then I should love God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. So now we will validate and see. Do we really love God? Is my heart completely clean without any other idols in my life? Idols where I'm giving priority to something more than God? That's an idol. I'm worried about my family, but what I forget is that family is given by him. So he knows what's going on in my family. He will work it out. He will take care. Just like I'm important, even my husband, my daughter, my brother, my mom, everyone is important for God. For God, it's not my mother, my brother, but it is his daughter, his son, that's it, his friends. He's the father, he's the mother, he's the brother, he's a friend to all of them. So when I give so much of importance to something in my family, someone in my family, and I get worried, which means this is a very good revelation that I got is though I say I believe in God, I'm not believing in God because I think my worry is more important there I have to solve the problem there. I have to take control of the situation. I fail to remember that even this family, every member in my family belongs to God. So can I not run to God and ask him for help rather than crying and having sadness, calling up someone for help, sharing my my grief, sorrow with someone and getting their advices? We don't know which with which knowledge and wisdom those people are, that their advices is what we follow and fall into even more troubles. We have to understand this. God is at our hand. When he's at our hand, why are we reaching out to some hand which is far away from us? And that hand which is so helpless that they can't manage their own lives. What will they help us? How will they help us? We don't even think this. That's why God says, do you really love me? If you love me, you'll depend on me. If you love me, you will keep me in your heart. And when situation comes, you'll turn to me, not to anybody else, not to your own self. Let's read First John 2.15 once. <clears throat> First
1: John chapter... Which chapter? First chapter John two? 2. 15. 15. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you.
0: You do not love the world, because the world, nor the things it offers you, because it is have it is related to, it is connected to evil. So that means if you love anything that belongs to the world, you don't love your father. That's it. There's no love for God in your life. These are the eye openers for all of us, where we have to realize what kind of deception we all have been till today, where we are sitting, where we have walked away from his path, right? So if we really love God, you know, the next question I'm bringing in front of you today is... If you really love God, can you see the narrow path, narrow gate? Or are you actually in the broad way? If you really, truly love God, can you see the narrow gate? Please mind my words. I'm saying, can you see the narrow gate or are you in the broad way? So, the next point is, which way have you chosen? The third point is, which way have you chosen? Which way have you chosen? Let's read Matthew 7th chapter 13 and 14th verses.
1: Matthew 7, 13 and 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it.
0: Underline the last four words, only a few ever find it first any person any human being in this whole entire world need to first love his god with all his heart soul mind and strength for which he has to serve one master not two people not two things You cannot say, I love God and I also need money, so I have to work hard. I love God and I also have to take care of everything else. Otherwise, who will take care of everything in my life? I cannot serve two masters at one time. I cannot live in confusion and say that I love God because wherever there is confusion, there is no God. Simple. A person who truly believes and has only one master which that master who is God will never have confusions. Very clear understanding. There is no doubt. There is no question in such people's mind and heart. And these people will continue to clean up their hearts because they want god to sit in their heart they will not keep anything else in the heart in rather than bringing anything new into their hearts they are so focused on examining yourself examining yourself is actually helping you to clean your heart to bring god's knowledge and wisdom into its heart into it that is why god says examine on yourself focus on yourself first clean up yourself rather than showing fingers at others, wasting your time, clean, clean, clean your heart, clean your heart. Then you can love God with all your heart. And when you love God with all your heart, that is when when a situation comes into our life, we will stand still. We will remember the word of God in every situation, whether it is a happy situation whether it is a sad situation, whether whether it is a problem at work, whether it is a problem in the family, whether somebody is blaming you, whether somebody is insulting you, humiliating you, if you're staying quiet because the Lord has asked you to stay quiet, calm, even in your heart, no murmuring, no grumbling, to you, you will find that narrow path. Nobody can see that narrow path if they do not have this clean heart, mind, soul, and strength that comes from the word of God. Only when we gain that, then we can see the narrow path. That means that's when the situations will start coming and pressing us. We will stand still because God has commanded stand still. And when you start seeing that narrow path, the way you enter into that narrow path should be with the understanding of the Holy Spirit. Everybody who enters into that narrow path need not go forward. They can leave in between. Saying, this is a hard teaching. This is what Lord Jesus Christ's disciples did, right? Though they followed him, they saw miracles, they saw healings. When when it was too much, they said, Lord, we don't understand what you're saying. This is a hard teaching. We cannot follow this. And many left him. And only 12 remained. That, That is very important lesson for all of us. That today, just because I'm following this narrow path does not make me A complete perfect person. I have to walk through this narrow path to enter into that wide land, promised land of God. In between, there will be lions attacking me. In between this path to the promised land, there will be temptations that will come in. In between my path and this journey of becoming perfect, there will be my desires that will draw me back. But... My knowledge, my wisdom, my understanding, if it is with the help of the Holy Spirit God, I'm sitting in that center where all around me, the edge of fire is there and he will take care. He will take me. He will keep pushing me. Go slowly. Don't be excited. Walk slowly, but consistently. And when you continuously show humility, show humbleness and complete submission to whatever instructions the Lord is giving. You show that in a consistent manner, then you will enter the promised land. And once a person gets into that control, trust me, this person cannot be touched by the devil. And God will show his mighty power in this person's life. Don't Should we not taste all this in our life? Should the desire in our heart be replaced with the desire that I want to see that mighty power of God in my life, which is eternal. He is my king. He is my father. This is what should be the desire in each one of us. And if we have chosen a broad way, where we are running around here and there according to the wind, being tossed and twisted according to the wind, for sure we don't know which direction this wind will take us and throw it throw us a, 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 at some point of time. And we won't even know how to come back because we don't, we did not follow a definite path. We just followed. The way things came into our life, we just kept taking it without even inquiring from the prophet of God or from God himself or from Holy Spirit, if this is God's will or not. We continue to take our own decisions, continue to follow our instincts, continue to listen to our heart, which is extremely deceiving and wicked. And we believe what our heart is saying. While our heart was not clean, it was filled with our own idols. It was leading us into a wrong path and we didn't realize. That's where we chose Broadway. And Broadway takes us to hell. The word of God is clearly saying. Hell is nothing but destruction of, of our lives. We don't live. We think we are alive, but we are dead. That's what the scripture says in Revelation 2nd chapter. You think you are alive, but you are dead because your works are dead. Nothing that you're doing is pleasing me. It's not kind of a testimony in the sight of God. If we stay in the broad way, then you know what kind of category of people we will become? This is the fourth point. Mockers. We will be called as mockers. Let's read Luke 16:14 to16.
1: 16. Luke 16:14 16, to16. The Pharisees, who dearly loved their money, heard all this and scoffed at him. Then he said to them, "You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts." What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the teachings or, and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in.
0: Everyone is eager to get in. So when when God is showing an easy path for each one of us, where he is saying you don't need to follow 120 or 30 or, you know, multiple commandments and instructions given in the book of law, but rather simply follow, love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. These are the only two commandments. He said, when I have come and simplified everything and I'm giving it to you, why are you questioning Why are you questioning? And your questioning is because of your self-righteousness. Because your heart is deceiving, it does not allow you to receive the truth that is coming straight from heaven. They rejected Jesus Christ and even till this day, how many people are able to receive the truth when it is kept as it is from the Bible? They have to say, they have to talk about their understanding, but nobody is validating that the person who is carrying this word and traveling and preaching according to the way they are living, not preaching by mouth, but preaching by the way they are living, the fruit of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is visible in that person's life, which means this person is living according to the word of God. And God is powerful. I can see the power of God in this person's life. And when she or he is coming and presenting that word to me, why am I questioning? Why Am I I being a fool that I don't understand the depth of the word where I'm not letting my soul and spirit to be in control of the Holy Spirit and using my brains? And my logical thinking that I'm questioning God and his word and his truth. This is what we all have to understand and and not be the mockers. He says here, don't scoff at the truth. Your knowledge, your understanding will only take you away from God. So don't scoff at God. If, If you see in 14th verse, the Farsis who knew who were well versed in scriptures who were well versed in the commandment that god had given to moses should, they should have known why did god give the commandment to moses they should have known isaiah 53 where it was clearly spoken about lord jesus christ coming and the way he will be crucified if they truly had the word of god in them if that knowledge that was present in them was not being utilized by the devil, they would have recognized Lord Jesus Christ who was standing in front of them and said, this is the son of God. Then how come Peter recognized Lord Jesus Christ where he said, you are the son of God, the most holy. Always remember, the devil also knows the scriptures. The knowledge of God is the scripture. So the devil also comes with that kind of knowledge. What is the difference that we all have to start identifying is when the word is coming to me, I have to see the way I'm applying it in my life. For example, the word of God says God is filled with mercy and love. But the same scripture, if you read in 2 Peter, 1st chapter, if you read the scriptures, it says you have to first obey and live according to the word of God and then this grace and mercy will multiply on in your life. Paul says, just because grace is in abundance, will you continue to sin? So now God is merciful and loved. Yes, he is. But there are conditions. God so loved the world that he gave his beloved son to the world. Yes, but what about the next line? Next verse. In John 3, th- third chapter, John 3, 16 says a beautiful world where word which everybody in the world knows, even the devil knows. But the devil does not show the 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 verses. Read it. You will understand the reasons behind that and who has he actually considered to be worthy of that blood that he has shed. This nobody understands. Everyone knows the word of God. Very few, very few have ever seen that narrow gate. And we all should be able to see that narrow gate, which is the truth. And blessed are those who believe in him. When we say believe, 100% obedience. When I say I believe in God, you should show 100% obedience to God. That's it. Because there cannot be our stubbornness, our comforts, our own understanding in the way of our obedience to God. No, these two are two separate things. That's what, that is two opinions. You say you love God, but you want to do what you want to do. You say you love God, but you show disobedience. You say you love God, you're always focused on fulfilling your desires. You say you love God, but you want to be the way you want to be because you don't believe in him. We are deceiving ourselves. We have to open that mask because the goddess of this world has blinded, has blinded the people of the world who are unbelievers. So unbelievers are those who don't understand the truth it's not those who don't believe god but those who think they believe god but do things according to their own understanding this is what we all have to recognize so when we are mockers you know what we will end up doing fifth point people pleasing fifth point is people pleasers so do you want to check whether we are god pleasers or people pleasers Let's read Galatians
1: 110 Galatians 1 verse 10 obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be christ's servant.
0: A true Christ servant will never talk or introduce the truth to please people. A true servant of God will go and present whatever the Lord has commanded and he will walk away from there. He will give a choice for people to choose from the truth. He will never force things upon people. Can you read 8th verse, Debbie? Verse
1: 8 let god's curse fall on anyone including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you
0: that's it here a person who truly believes and who has a clear conscience in the sight of god and who is not a people pleaser that the, the confidence that they will have will be like this they will say let god's curse fall on anyone including me, including us. Because he's real, he's alive. If his children are being tampered by a human being with their knowledge and wisdom, for example, whatever I'm presenting here today, if I have manipulated it, if I have added something according to my own understanding, then... I should be bold enough to say or speak Galatians 1.8. People who have clear conscience and who know that they are just being the mouthpiece for God. They are the puppets in God's hand. They will come and boldly say, Galatians 1.8, let God's curse fall on anyone including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. That's it. Because this confidence comes from the experience that this person is going through. When God said in Malachi 3.10, test me, we have to test the word of God. Okay, God is saying, stand still in times of trouble and give a smile and say that, God, I submit this situation to you. Let me stand still and see. Lord, I'm depending on you. Test me is that where you're testing every word that is being spoken to you. You're testing to see how it is working and how it is bearing fruit in your life. Not depending on pastors Or shepherds, or priests, or prophets to come and pray for you, but you yourself are thinking, examining constantly, validating your own self so that you're cleaning your hearts. That itself will be a prayer to the Lord. And who is that intercessor who is praying for all of us? Lord Jesus Christ. So, do we need a human being to come and pray for us, saying, Lord, give us the bread, give us a job, give me a bonus? Give me my, uh, enough money to clear my debt. God, help me to come out of this situation. No, God will not do here such prayers. The only prayers that will reach God are filled with repentance. Daniel's prayer, 9th, Daniel 9th chapter. Please read it later. Daniel 9th chapter is the kind of prayer that we all have to have. Please read Daniel 9th. I think it is from verse 1 to 17. The way Daniel prayed, that is the kind of prayer we all should learn. And that's the only way we all have to pray if we want to pray. And no, 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 nobody needs to pray for any of us. We can do our prayers, right? Now, when you start being people pleasers, you go away from God. But if you are God pleaser, then now you take a decision whom you want the master to be. Do you want God to be your master or you want your own self to be your master or the devil to be your master? The last point we will see, decide whom you want to obey. Decide whom you want to obey. Joshua 24, 15.
1: <clears throat> Joshua 24:15: <clears throat> But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you choose would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord.
0: You choose which God you want to serve. You want to serve your own understanding. You want to serve your own desire. You want to dance according to the way your desire is leading you. One question I will put to all of you here, because I've questioned myself as well, that today I know my desires will lead me into sin. But how about so many other desires in my life in the past have already led me into sin. You remember James 1st chapter 14, 15, that your desires of your heart will take birth from you and when they are being tempted by the devil, will drag you into sin, which leads into destruction. Now, today I know this word. So from today, I will be careful. How about the other sins that I have done because of fulfilling my desires, which were the temptations that the devil gave me? And how many of the, these sins in my life are controlling me? You know, when the sin is controlling you, you will not be able to show obedience to God. When the sin is controlling you, the, the obedience aspect in me goes away. It keeps dragging me away from showing obedience to God. So is sin, in, is sin taking control of me? Today is the day to wake up and say, Lord, I have sinned daniel ninth chapter prayer that's that's the only way if perhaps god may forgive you as it says in book of acts so my 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 work my job our job today is to recognize how many of my desires in the past life of mine till today i have dragged myself into sin how many of such sins have actually taken control of me. Lord, show me a way to come out of them. Repentance. Daniel 9th chapter is the only way to fall into repentance. We don't know if He will forgive or not. Let's not even expect that God will forgive me. Let's just go and fall at His feet he is merciful of course but he will see for that genuine repentance in each one of us all he needs is repentance and he's that's the only way that's the only way for us to get bonded back with the lord you know what is painful is what, what we don't understand about god is we think we want to see God, we think we want to see angels, we want to see heavenly things, we want to feel God and if God himself comes in front of us, you know how foolish we are, we don't even realize that God is in front of us but rather question, oh is it really God? If it is really God, why has God come in the form of a woman? Why has he come in the form of a black man? Why is he so tall? Why his hair... These are the questions that will come in front of us because our heart is filled with so much of dirt. It does not let us see even if God is standing right in front of us. That's the biggest thing that we all are failing at. Today, God is in front of us. God is amidst us. He's teaching us. This small group, do you think God is not listening to all of our hearts now? I believe he is listening. I believe he is present here. I may not be able to physically see, but my spiritual eyes, with the help of the Holy Spirit God, I know he is talking to each one of us. I believe it only because I believe I can see the word working in me, the word giving me the conviction. I don't want to raise questions. I'm no one to raise questions. What kind of a life is this? This this body is mere dust. So the the body that is mere dust, the brain inside this body, can it really raise questions about the truth? Do I really want to be there? No. Let my mouth not speak the words for which I have to be answerable and accountable at a later point to God. Let me have my mouth, my heart shut completely. Let me be like that lamb which just submitted himself even to the extent of being put to death. When we compare ourselves to what he displayed, where is our obedience? That's my question. What kind of obedience are we showing? Are we able to give completely ourselves to the way he submitted Without humility, humbleness, and submission, we cannot completely surrender to one master who is God. But rather, as Joshua showed in Joshua twenty-four fifteen, you will have multiple gods. Gods of Euphrates, gods of Amalekites, so many other gods, Amorites, will be leading us in our life. But for me and my family, we will serve our Lord. Can you all repeat Joshua twenty four fifteen, where he's saying, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. He's the only one for us. Where else shall we go apart from him? Where can we go? He's the holy truth. He's the only way. Our lives have gained peace because of him. Right? The true disciples, you know what they will say? Last verse, I will just show this. Go to John's sixth chapter. John's sixth chapter, I think it is 67. Yeah, can you read uh, 66 to 70?
1: 66 to 70. Yeah. to 70. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life we believe and we know you are the holy one of god then jesus said i chose the 12 of you but one is a devil
0: see he knew who is going to betray him but still he gave him a chance he said today this this child is of a different opinion maybe he will realize and turn that's the love of god knowing that there is an evil one in the group. He still gave a chance. That's the love of God. Can we really say we have that love in our hearts towards everyone? Where do we go, Lord? Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. This is my experience. This is my life. Today, the word that has come to all of us should actually reflect us to see our lives in it that this is how we all came to him. And this is how we all should start recognizing him because for him, it is only us.